0: Here's Kristoff with today's episode, let's go. Hey, business storytellers, it's Christoph Trapp. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. This episode was also live broadcast on periscope.tv forward slash Trap. Connect with me on Twitter if you want to be notified of future live streams. So today's topic is webinars. And here's the trend we're currently in, the face, so to speak, when it comes to content and coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, so first of all, everyone was doing, uh, was sharing content. You know, way back at the beginning, I did an article on remote work. What can you do when you're working remotely? And, um, you, you know, that was really early on. And then, a week or two later, all the brands caught up. everybody wrote the same article here 's what you should do um, when you're working remotely and then the topic shifted to anything zoom related for business. How do you run a zoom meeting? How do you look good on a zoom meeting? How do you make sure uh, zoom bombers so, so hackers so to speak don 't come onto your zoom meeting um, honestly don 't post a picture of your screen when you're in the Zoom meeting, because guess what? The number shows up, the meeting number. Anybody that looks at the picture can type in the number, and they can literally just join your meeting. And I did that yesterday. There was a football team. They had a team meeting, and you know they posted a picture of the meeting, and they showed the meeting ID number. So I just typed it in, and I actually joined their room. They weren't on the meeting at the time, but uh, just crop it out, black it out. so that's you know the latest string of topics. And now we have shifted to webinars, not all of us, but some of us and yesterday, um, the day before I'm uh, live streaming this and recording it, uh, there was three webinars. they were all on Zoom. They were all about coronavirus um, and you know I'm seeing a trend. I'm being invited to webinars about anything business related, how to stay sane, how to set up your office. Um, how to work with other employees when they're not right near you, Um, how to, how to, how to, a hundred different things, um, how to keep up on the laws. And I'll be honest with you, um, all these law changes and law updates, it is a bear to keep track of what you can do. Uh, Just for all of my freelance um, friends, I know we have the show with Michelle Garrett. Check it out, what freelancers can do. in in downtimes, still a relevant show, still helpful in my opinion, and Michelle shares some good tips on there. Um, But just now I saw this today, um, self-employed people can now um, apply for unemployment. So that is a new thing, has to be related to the coronavirus, but you can't. So how did I even see that? Um, Somebody posted it on social media and there you go. Super hard to keep keep up and keep track of all the different things. So there certainly is value in doing webinars if you have something to share of value, something that's informational, something that's educational. Um, the biggest problem with webinars is that they're linear, and that's also a problem with podcasts and live streams, right? Because when you look at, like we're doing the live stream right now, guys, and as as you're looking at the live stream, the number of people watching or listening goes up and down and up and down because I'm saying something they're not interested in, so they move on to something else, right? Or maybe they click the link by mistake. And so that's why it is important to find the best way, to share the content. Uh, Sometimes that's a podcast. Sometimes it's an article. Sometimes it might be a webinar. I know why everybody loves webinars because they're lead generation tools. Um, And if you have a good webinar, you know, and you have a thousand attendees, uh, you know, and if you go with a 3% rule that 3% are ready to buy, that's a potential 30 people who are ready to buy something from you. Um, not bad, right? And that is that is why people do webinars. So I ask my community on Twitter uh, if anybody is planning webinars or what have they done for um, surrounding the coronavirus. Um, and this is, I'm not talking um, healthcare, not medical, not like those kind of things. You know, we're talking about business webinars here for a company, um, those kind of things. And so 18% said, um, yes, they've done them, or they're planning them. And then 76% said, nope. Um, And then the others, uh, there was another question there, don't you mean Zoom meetings? Another answer that was in there. They answered that answer. Um, Kind of a funny one, I guess. But if you're planning on doing a webinar, my recommendation would be find a topic that hasn't been covered yet, find something that's highly unique, find something that needs the platform of a webinar. So here's the thing. If you're sharing the 10 things to do while working at home or the 10 things to stay sane or the 10 ways to exercise at home, 10 ways of exercise at home are a little different. I'll circle back to that. That's the good example. Um, But any lists, why does that need to be a webinar? Just write an article, share the article. If you want to collect leads, if you think people are going to read it, you think it's going to be a hit, put it behind a wall or something, um, you know, but don't make it too difficult for people. Now, in the case of 10 ways to exercise at home, that might actually be a good webinar because you can be visual. However, I've never Maybe I shouldn't say never. Never say never. um, But I don't think I've ever seen a webinar where people do anything other than sit in front of the camera and talk. And talking had videos. Why, 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 people? Seriously. Make it more interactive. Sometimes it works. In general, it doesn't. In my opinion, if you're just sitting in front of the camera talking, consider doing an audio only Right, and show people something. Or, you know, if you do audio only, here's the other thing that's nice about that is um, people can listen to the background, right? They don't have to watch you. Of course, you have to use a different platform, probably. Um, I guess the Zoom runs in the background, so it might still work. Um, and you could do that too, I suppose, as the user if they're doing a video. But keep in mind, what do people. Need to know what's the best way to get it to them, and if it's truly a webinar, do a webinar. If you have to show something, um, if you can make it interactive, and I know you know some webinars they're not that interactive. All the questions are seeded by the producers, but I've also seen webinars where there's a lot of questions where you know the community asks questions and you can answer them. So if you do have that kind of audience, consider doing that. Consider having um, just an open Q&A and have people ask questions. Um, they can show up on the screen and then you can kind of go from there. And uh, maybe you even consider what's the, the, the highest impact questions to to answer for your audience. Um, but certainly the rules of trying to be unique and trying to be helpful still apply um, so if you are going to do a webinar for anything related to the coronavirus, um, first thing is you probably want to be early, because here's the thing, you know, everybody wrote about um, the remote work situation, and by the time, it was so interesting, I wrote about it really early on, um, early in March, when um, when I published my article, and interestingly then everybody else wrote about it right the next three weeks and at some point there was somebody actually i sent a message to saying hey can you give me a a tip on how to do this and that and another thing when it comes to remote work and by the time they had time to get back to me which was when everybody else had covered it they said we don't have anything else to add honestly and it was so um oversaturated the market Right. Everybody was writing about the topic. There was even people who were publishing books on the topic now, and uh, so you have to be early. You have to be quick. Uh, when I'm listening to some of my rockstar webinar producers, you know, I've seen the plans before. Eight weeks to promote um, for a typical webinar. Right. Here's the eight-week plan, and that works for some of those topics. But for a coronavirus topic. It has to be now. So, you know, we're recording this here. We're live streaming it on a Friday. And, you know, maybe you can go a week out. Um, but but everybody is thinking about it, right? People are thinking about how can they get their message in front of people? How can they stay relevant? How can they keep marketing during a pandemic? And I'm a big believer, just like uh, Marcus Sheridan, the sales lion said on, on Twitter, uh, you shouldn't stop marketing. You shouldn't stop selling. You shouldn't stop any of those things. You still have to try to run a business, but you know don't be tone deaf. And certainly you're not tone deaf if you are providing value in your webinars to people. So if you're going to tie it to the coronavirus, make sure you get it done quickly. And then the other thing is, and I was very pleased when I saw this um, Yesterday, I think, uh, Corona, uh, Corona uh, C- Corridor Business Journal in uh, here in, in Iowa, um, they had a webinar and they had they live streamed it to Facebook. That's now a function within Zoom. So you can directly live stream to Facebook from the Zoom platform. So that's an easy step. And then I also would recommend still set up another phone live stream to Instagram live. Why not? Why not try it? Um, And then also live stream to Twitter and Periscope. I I do have a story on AuthenticStorytelling.net where I'm talking about that whole concept and the time it worked the best was when I I had a webinar. I had like 10,000 people, 9,000 people, something like that, that were watching on Periscope, which is Twitter. And what happened is Periscope highlighted the webinar on the homepage. So a lot of people where uh were made aware of it and are they all the right people no absolutely not i don't even have all their emails anyway so it's not that big of a you know it's okay um that they're not all the right people but at the end of the day we still got the message in front of more people so consider live streaming to all those different channels youtube as well up excuse me Upload it to YouTube when you're done, so it's there um, for later use. Still keep it up, and then keep pushing it in front of people. The content that's being covered during the coronavirus pandemic is relatively short-lived, right? So when we think about, um, I think this came from Skyward via Michelle Garrett again. Um, when content uh, content takes off in B to C, I think it takes two months for organic and in b to b could be 2 years so just something to keep in mind right if you're producing content around the coronavirus how can you produce it in a way that's still relevant down the road so i'll give you an example i've wrote probably a dozen articles something like that um 15,000 words roughly probably and um, my topic, some of them are pretty tied to the coronavirus, but some of them, um, many of them, I hope, I'm trying, it's not easy. Uh, so that's okay to admit. And some of them, I try to have more legs on them than just the current crisis. So I'll give you an example. You're not supposed to shake hands. So that can be tied to the pandemic. But that can also be tied to any time. I am an introvert Hard to believe, but I am. I am a germaphobe. Don't touch me if you don't have to. Don't touch my food. Don't touch anything near me. I'm, you know, I mean, seriously. Uh, when when I I was at Sam's the other day, and they put uh, they had a sink at the front entrance. I thought it was fantastic. I, I I wish they would keep it there when all this is over, and but shaking hands or how to avoid a handshake, that could be a strategy any time of the year, anytime. And so I wrote about that, and I made it a little bit less about the coronavirus and more about, um, you know, forever and ever. And when people search for how to avoid a handshake, hopefully that article will rank at some point. <clears throat> Other topics that I covered is a podcast to listen to, virtual reality video, and they all have a little bit of a news angle. Uh, some people call it news jacking. I'm not a huge fan of that term. Even though i 've used it, but at the end of the day, uh, I, you know I want those articles to rank down the road i don 't just want to have fifteen thousand words that they take time to write, you know um, to be short lived so try to tie your content in with something that has longer term value, um, and then also think ahead, what are the next things? that people have to worry about. How does everybody come back into the office? Um, are we now more lenient with remote work? Or maybe do people even want to work remotely now? Um, <coughs> technologies. <coughs> Excuse me. What technologies do we need to update? What's working? What's not working? I, you know, I did a show and an article with um, Fred Faulkner and uh, Liron Sege and about the home Wi-Fi. And it's a struggle, you know. We have, I'm doing podcasting, I'm doing writing. My wife is on her computer for school meetings on Zoom. My five-year-old is on Zoom meetings with for school with video and a virtual background. So check that out. I have an article on that too. How to pick a good virtual background. And so for her, we picked one It's just, uh, it's a school uh, classroom behind her. So uh, it kind of fits, right? But keep that in mind. How can you um, make it, um, how can you make your content relevant, whether it's a webinar or an article or whatever? And then once you did the webinar, consider turning it into articles or one big article, depending on what the topic was. Um, You can also answer any questions you didn't get to in those articles and then push those articles out again so you can really maximize um, how those those webinars uh, and the content from them gets in front of people. But if you're considering doing a webinar, one thing I would recommend, I did write about that as well on AuthenticStorytelling.net, call them Zoom webinars if you use Zoom or Zoom meetings. Everybody today is going to a Zoom meeting. Everyone, right? Everybody is going to Zoom meetings, including my five-year-old, who has a virtual background, who checked it out, who picked it. And, you know, um, it sounds more conversational. Now, of course, keep in mind that when you have a Zoom meeting, um, you still uh, don't want everybody to be unmuted, so you have to use the webinar platform for Zoom, which is a little different than the personal meetings. But at the end of the day... It could make it more um, friendly, more conversational. Call it a Zoom meeting. Join me for the Zoom meeting to talk about how to do webinars in the coronavirus era. Um, But at the end of the day, webinars can be helpful. Make sure they have something to do with your business, right? So everything I've covered talk it has something to do with content marketing, communications, content. Uh, it's not just me talking about anything. And I'm not a medical per- person at all, right? So I'm not talking about the medical side of things. I'm talking about the communication side of things. So whatever you're talking about, Make sure it has something to do with what you do as a business. And then also think about if you're going to follow up with people, how do you do that in a way that's not tone deaf? That's all I have on the topic. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. I'm Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Until next time.